Back for another episode of N10 coming at you a bit a bit late, two days late from our usual Saturday recording, but me and Joe were busy on that day. We're back for another episode, episode five of season three, and uh, we don't have much news to talk about, but it's some um, it's fairly I guess good better news. There's actually a trade for once. There's some waiver wires and there's some hirings. So I guess we could get to the first one that kind of came first out of the like recent most recent out of all of this it was the ottawa trade with carolina and you want to mention what happened there joe so this trade happened on saturday i believe and it was the carolina hurricanes acquiring cedric Paquet and alex galchenyuk who's right now is a walking suitcase in the nhl for ryan dezingle so dezingle goes back to ottawa Paquet and galchenyuk to carolina but then something else happened to galchenyuk yesterday and he went unclaimed, and that is that he went on waivers, actually. So we'll, we'll, I'll just mention this here. So Carolina put him on waivers yesterday, after a day after acquiring him, which makes, I think it was just, I guess, a cap dump for Dezingle. <laughs> I guess that's what the whole trade for them was about. But no one claimed Galchenyuk, so he'll report to either Carolina's taxi squad or the AHL, yeah. mm-hmm. the Monarch. So tough go for this guy, man. He was a number three overall pick, and now he's just an NHL suitcase. Yeah, he's approaching KHL bounds very soon. Like, he was good on Montreal, you know that, obviously. He scored, what, 30 goals once, I think? Yeah, once. Yeah, so, like, the trade is, from what it seems like and what we're seeing is Paquette for Zingle. Apparently, Ryan Dezingle didn't fit in Carolina. That's why they dealt him for more of a role player, so... They kind of know what they're getting. Paquette, a fourth-line center who can win face-offs, who's kind of gritty and just adds like depth to your team. And Ryan Dezingle going back to Ottawa for a second time, I believe. So he has a new number. Stutzel took his number, so he's number 10 right now. But I don't, I, like, obviously this does nothing to Ottawa, I guess, because like they're not going to make the playoffs. But we're getting a solid, skilled player back. He's familiar with the system. So I guess, yeah, there's Paquette for Ryan Zingle right now. Maybe Galchenyuk can come out of the forest and kind of perform on Carolina, but I don't see it happening. So, Yeah, I don't see it either. But honestly, like Ottawa probably wins this trade just because they're getting the best player. And he's actually going to play like on the second or third line for sure and yeah. the power play. So, I mean, it's not bad for them. Like They have nothing to lose, really. So exactly, Obviously, yeah. Galchenyuk didn't work out there again, <laughs> but I guess they got to move on from him. Yeah, and speaking of moving on, so a few weeks ago, the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins stepped down. That was Jim Rutherford. I think we might have mentioned that last week, but they actually hired some uh, new replacements to them. So Ron Hextall is now the GM of the Penguins, and surprising news, Brian Burke is the president of hockey operations. So he moves from Sportsnet analyst to back into the hockey world where he's going to be the president of hockey operations. That was more surprising than the Hextall signing. Uh, we all knew kind of Hextall was going to get back in the game, but we didn't know where. And he goes to the rival Pittsburgh Penguins because he was the goalie for the Flyers for a very long time and a very solid NHL goaltender. But I would say that is a good move from the Penguins getting Hextall as their GM, right? Yeah, I agree. Because if you look at the Flyers team that he was the GM of before he got fired, he's the one that basically drafted all of the guys that are doing well for that team. Like, Konechny, he drafted Carter Hart, he drafted like Farabee, he drafted Frost, he drafted Sandheim, signed Philip Myers. 
So the, that whole team right now, or most of it, is like he has his hands all over that team, and that's why they're doing so well this year, and they were doing well last year. So he has a good track record of hitting on draft picks and developing players. So And Pittsburgh has zero prospects, and they have to really start to either consider rebuilding or just they got to just build up the farm system. So I really like the Hextall hiring. And then the Burke one, like you said, is very surprising because, like, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, he was on Sportsnet, like, Hockey Night in Canada, like, the Saturday before, and then Tuesday he was hired. But Burke himself didn't even know he was going to do it. He, apparently he got a call, like, that day, that Saturday, about the Penguins' job. And the only reason he took it is because it was the Pittsburgh Penguins, like, mm-hmm. working with, like, Lemieux as the owner and, like, taking care of, like, Sid and Malkin and all that. So I guess that intrigued him. So now he's president of Hockey Ops. And he did a pretty good job in Calgary, I would say, like, decent overall for for a Hockey Ops position. So mm-hmm. that's a solid addition as well because Burke knows his stuff for the most part. Yeah, like, I wouldn't consider him, like, an all-time best GM, but he's no, been in no. the game for a while. He knows what he's doing, right? Like, at least yeah. I think he knows what he's doing. But, like, with Hextall and Brian Burke, they're set to kind of make this team a playoff team. That's what's rumored around, and I think that's what Burke said on Hockey Night in Canada, what, the, yeah. the last one before he left. He's like, we're going to try and help this team win. Now, I don't know how you do that with what you just said, with no prospects, barely any picks. And, like, do the Penguins fans want to see another pick go out the window for a guy who's going to plug into your lineup and probably not gain any chemistry? Because we've seen that year after year, right? So Yeah, way too many times. Like, look at Kapanen. Like, I said at the time it was a bad trade, and it looks even worse now because he's doing literally nothing with Pittsburgh. And they gave up a first-round pick. So like, yeah, that's, that's just the worst that's part. brutal. <laughs> and they lost um, uh, Patty Hornquist this offseason. They had yeah. a trade, so that was just, that was a bad move as well. Just depth guys flying out the door, and like obviously they don't have a healthy like full lineup, but I think it's getting more healthier as the days go by. But still, like this team, like I don't think it's good enough to win a Stanley Cup, even though they have Sid and Malkin, but it's probably a good enough team to kind of make the playoffs and kind of squeaking there as the fourth team, but they got to do a lot more than what they're doing. Like I know they beat Washington last night, yesterday, sorry, yesterday afternoon, but like Washington did not play their best and they're off for what, like two weeks. So yeah, they were off for a a while. I think if you didn't beat them, that's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I think like Burke said, they're going to like focus on right now, this season, trying to make the playoffs and I guess see what happens. But then, this upcoming summer, I guess, they have a lot of big decisions to make because then after this year, Malkin and Latang only have one year left on their deal and they're they're not getting any younger. And Sid's got a couple of years left still, but then what are you going to do with him? So, like, they have to really sit down this summer, regardless of what happens this yeah. season, about the direction of the team. So, it, it's a big hire because it's a big deal for that franchise who has been... They've made the playoffs for 13 or 14 straight years now. So, mm-hmm. like, this is this would be a massive change for them. Yeah, but this offseason, we're going to find out what the direction of the Penguins' future is. So, mm-hmm. we'll definitely keep tabs on that because we'll definitely be in the offseason keeping tabs on the Penguins of all teams. So, um, I guess this is, like, old news, but it was it's pretty big news to mention that, the obviously, Line A went to Columbus, and I think second or first game he got benched by torts and there's all the surrounding like oh he was 
yelling at a coach and you know torts didn't want to bring it up in the post game and it's just like like you're already just fueling the fire towards by not saying what happened and then a day later it comes out anyways so like i, I don't get what's going on here with columbus i don't know either like i just don't think the gm and the coach are on the same page with like the players like like hekalainen he's a finnish gm like from finland mm-hmm. obviously got his prize possession in line a who's fit a finnish winger so Kekalainen, as the GM, what his ideal situation would be for Line to stay in Columbus long, long term. So benching him in the first basically week <laughs> of him being there is not ideal. And Line's been like solid for them. Like mm-hmm. I think he has like four goals and one assist, like so five points in like five or six games. Like that's very solid for a guy coming into a new team, new line mates, new system. Like he's still producing. It's like you're not gonna change what he is right now. Like he's a goal scoring winger. Like he's mm-hmm. not gonna be like a Mark Stone or like a Nick <laughs> Felino. Like he's just not gonna be that. Like he knows what he is, and he's extremely good at it. So like, there's no point in benching him because he dogs like one back check. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's just not how it works. Like it doesn't make sense to me. But also, like I was reading some other like theories that people have speculated. Like I think Torts is a like a free agent i guess he has no contract after this year so people are saying that he's kind of like not sabotaging but basically saying like okay i'm kind of done here like you could i'm gonna just coach this way and you could either fire me or like i don't really care but like i I, I don't really agree with that theory because the guy like always does everything possible to win like his team plays like winning styles of hockey i guess you could say so I don't believe that, but it is, like, a situation to keep an eye on. But, like, he hasn't been benched since that. He's been playing decent. So Columbus has been kind of up and down all year. But that's kind of expected because they don't have the top-end talent and the, they've mm-hmm. had some injuries and stuff like that. So Columbus is a fascinating place to play hockey because not only do you have, like, an, like a show on both sides, on the player side, on the coach side, and the management side, it's just an overall big show there, like... I don't know how you can bench someone in the first, what, two games of their career in that city. And then then on the other side of things, how can you just mouth off a coach you've been with for two games? Yeah. Like, it's like both sides are like, what are you guys doing here? And then t- going back to towards um, the comments after the game, like, oh, we're not going to talk about it. That stays in the room. And then it gets out the next day. Like, what, how does that make sense? <laughs> like, don't, don't you're just putting more, like, you're putting more... Um, what fuel to the like, fire yeah that and you're putting more words and like thoughts in other people's heads assuming what happened if you don't tell them and then it gets out the next day what happened so don't say that because that's just more um more eyes on you for the whole year and what you're doing and makes it more assumptions about you so mm-hmm. I, I i don't get what's what's the deal they're hiding stuff like it just it got out anyways so i don't, I don't know but yeah like also place, like hey go ahead no, like that place just needs to get it figured out, or so no one's gonna want to come there ever again. Yeah, like I was gonna say, like there's such a they're not a big market either, and they're getting so much of this unwanted attention mm-hmm. from like media and fans. Like it just paints the whole not the whole organization, but it just paints like a bad picture of the city yeah. more than no, anything. It does, yeah. Not really the organization. It's like wow, all these players are getting driven out. It's like they already don't want to be there because the city sucks and now the coach <laughs> su- like benching star players. Like It's just like like uh, Kekalainen, like, I think is probably like, what the hell is going on here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I would agree. Yeah, that's not the way you want to start the first week of a star player coming. And it is a star player. If he's on his game, he's a star player. So, But, yeah, yeah like you said, like he's not going to be a Mark Stone. He's not going to go play defense. You already know what he is, so don't change him, right? So Yeah, exactly. Just play to his strength because, like, right now you guys are starving for goals. Actually, they've been mm-hmm. scoring a lot more recently, especially with Jack Brosselvic, who has yeah. been a very nice surprise for them right now. He's a Columbus native, so he's probably playing a bit inspired. He's playing for his hometown team. Kind of like like Wayne Simmons on Toronto and stuff like that. So these guys who who love their hometown teams, where they're from, they play inspired hockey, which is great. So he's been a good surprise for them. So that's that's not all on line A, but like ever since he and Russell got there, the offense has been much better. I would say. Yeah, much better, much better. So yeah, we'll keep tabs on that all year. We're gonna find out if Line A resigns, if Torts resigns. So. <laughs> We'll keep tabs on that. But on the waiver wire, on I believe Saturday it was, James Neal went on waivers. And that was a big surprise to all of us. But there were some other people who went on waivers the last two days. Paul Byron, uh, like you mentioned, Galchenyuk. Danny DeKaiser, who has a massive contract. And Leo Komarov. But they all clear. Um, I don't know if I would have said at the beginning of the year all these guys would have went on waivers. I'd have been kind of shocked. Mm-hmm. But like... Like James Neal, like you're making like what six five million dollars, and you're already on waivers. Like it's been one week he's been on the team because he was injured. Yeah, he. I don't know what happened to that guy, man. It's like after the Vegas year when he had a really good year, he just like shit his pants. Like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because he can't skate anymore. Like, like you would think like them trading for him, and then playing like with not either with McDavid or with Dryside on the top two lines, the guy would thrive. But if anything, Lucic has been better overall. Yeah. Like, not even this year, even like even last year, too. Like, Neil scored, I remember. Didn't he have, like, a one or two four-goal games last year, Neil? And he finished yeah, with, like, and then, 12 goals or something. <laughs> yeah, he had, like, two even-strength goals or something like that. Yeah, like, it's, he just... I just don't think he has it anymore. He's, like, 33 now, so... I know he was good before. Like I was looking at his stats the other day. Like he was, I believe he had like an eighty-point season once. Yeah, forty goals, forty-one. Yeah, he was good. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, and like I think even in Vegas, it was like, yeah, this is like his tenth or eleventh consecutive twenty-plus goal season. So like the guy was guaranteed twenty goals a year, and now it's like you can't even get to like ten half the time. Yeah, like I hate when that happens to a player, especially like a decent, good enough player where you know they're gonna, and like you said, score twenty goals a year. It yeah, sucks. yeah. I think it's just as he can't keep up anymore. I think that's what it really comes down to. But, but is yeah. like is Byron surprising? I, I I don't know if it like I was kind of surprised, but like I was kind of even more surprised that like someone like Ottawa didn't claim him just because mm-hmm. he's from Ottawa and and he. Okay, his contract is not great. He's paid like 3.4 for the next two years, which is horrid on the fourth line. But he's still like, he wears an A for Montreal. So he must provide some sort of leadership off ice. Yeah. I would thought, like honestly thought like the Sens would snag him because like they still have like probably 25 to 30 million in cap space still. Even after acquiring Dezingu, who makes I think three or four million, something like that. But I was kind of surprised for Byron, but like, he just doesn't provide that much of an impact anymore for what line he's on. Like he still has, he could still skate, but like he can't really do anything else. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And now that they have like, they might yeah, they have guys start, like him. Yeah, they have like Perry, who's been solid. Armia came back to the lineup, so that's why 
Byron's on waivers. Like Perry's been pretty effective so far overall, not just points and stuff, but like physicality and whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's way cheaper, so I think that's why he went on waivers. But I think it's more just so that he could have him on the taxi squad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my thoughts on him. But then Danny DeKaiser. Yeah, that's weird. This one is so bad. Like this guy was so bad even when he got the contract. Like everyone thought it was a bad contract at the time, and now that he's on waivers on a team that literally doesn't have a number one defenseman, <laughs> it's even worse. <laughs> And like, he's making that money, like yeah. Like I want, I want to quickly search how much he makes, cause like it's actually like horrible. It's something in the fives, for like six, five years. Like I, I don't know. When they gave out that contract, you're right. Like it was like what? He doesn't. I don't even think he got twenty points at the time. <laughs> so he, yeah. So he signed this contract in 2016, five years. No, six years, $30 million, So $5 million a year. So after this year, he still has one more year at $5 million. Already on waivers. And he's 30. It's not like he's like 35, 36. He's 30. Yeah, like if these guys are going to be going on waivers, we're going to see a lot more shocking. Well, not shocking. Like this type of player who's going to be going on waivers very soon. Yeah, I'm very surprised that these, some of these teams like haven't yeah. bought. I think this summer you're, we're going to see a lot of buyouts. Yeah, we could. I mean, Seattle's coming up. They could take a few yeah dollars off team's hands but i don't know like will we see a lot of buyouts like we haven't like we've always like pondered like people and teams like buying out players and it never really happened but like i guess how effective it's gonna make you like dude lucic he should have been bought out the first year you got the contract they should have traded it for him Mm -hmm. and then bought out but (laughs) he still hasn't got bought out so i guess he's doing something right there yeah, well, he's actually been solid for Calgary. The guy's has like three or four goals. Yeah, not bad. We we hear it a lot, so. Yeah, <laughs> do we ever? Come on, he's a Serb. <laughs> you don't want to say the the name in front of that Serb, but uh, no, he's a Serb. He's a Serbian yes. man. Yes, and um, he's effective when he needs to be, but that's the question: when he needs to be effective. So yeah, um, something that has been effective though this week is. The hard hat award we always give it out, and this is awarded to the best player in the NHL the past week of play. And um, yeah, I'll let you go with yours pick because it kind of screwed me in the fantasy week we versed. So, all right, so yeah, so this is uh, I picked goaltender Mark Andre Fleury, and uh, the reason why he screwed Thomas is because our matchup yesterday, which ends every Sunday night, goes that went down to the wire in the Vegas Colorado game. And if Colorado lost, because he has Grubauer, I basically win the week because it was minus points for a loss in regulation. So I had to, I needed Vegas to win in regulation, which they did, but the only one won nothing because Marc-Andre Fleury got a shutout versus Colorado, who, to be fair to them, haven't played in like two weeks. Yeah. So that's why it screwed Thomas. So I picked him because even despite that shutout, he still went 3-1. and one since we last recorded with a 943 save percentage like this is a guy who's almost run out of town a few months ago and he's playing like he did during the 2009 i joke the 2009 cup run with the penguins where he won not he didn't win the consummate but he was unreal like, yeah flurry is 36 years old and he's playing like he's like 30 again like he's playing unreal lately of this season Ever since all that drama about Leonard, and Leonard's been out with an injury, so he has had he's been the starter for most of this year, and he's been exceptional. And we're gonna do an episode uh, this upcoming Saturday, a little bit of a spoiler, but we're gonna 
look at a, a quarter mark of the way NHL award, so predictions. So who should be in the running for each award about a quarter way through the season? And it's not really a surprise if any of you guys have been following hockey this year that Fleury should be a candidate right now for the Vesna. So yeah, that's just a little bit of a, a hint, a spoiler, if you will, for next episode. But so Fleury wins my hard hat award winner. Yeah, and then my winner is a bit of a surprise too. I did not think this team would be playing this way <laughs> so far this year. But Alex Dabrinkat is a big part of why the Chicago Blackhawks are in the position they're in. And the reason I picked him is he has four goals, two assists, six points, plus three, one power play goal, one power play assist, and two overtime goals. So he got his overtime goal, I believe, last Saturday versus Dallas. And that was a big overtime there. And then he scored versus Columbus the other night, and he batted it out of the air. So this guy has... He actually just got the A, I believe, this week and last week because of Connor Murphy going down with an injury. So he's clearly a already a leader in that locker room. And, you know, he sits at, what, 5'7"? And he's still yep. so effective. So I'm picking him. He scored four goals this week. So that's pretty insane. But he's been pretty good mm-hmm. for the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks have been unreal this year. They've really proved a lot of people wrong. Like, okay, <laughs> wrong. they've been they've been really lucky, as we'll get to in our prediction, because you have another surprising pick for the Calder Trophy, but we won't spoil that. But Chicago, with all the injuries they've had, how many new players they have, they win so many games in overtime. It's actually ridiculous. I think yeah. four or five of their wins, for sure, are in overtime, out of like their seven that they have, I think. So... They, they're just clutching OT. Debrinkat and Kane have been unreal this year. And Kane's just proving that like he is not slowing down whatsoever no. at 32 years old. So he's got a lot, lot left in the tank. So that's a really good sign to see because he's one of the best American... He's the best American player of all time once he eventually hangs up his skates. So that's nice to see there for Hawks fans, especially to see that this guy's still producing at an extremely high level given how, how much... How many questions were surrounding the Hawks? No Jonathan mm-hmm. Taves. You know, Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc's out. So that's two of your top six out. And the, he, this guy's still giving his heart and soul to the team, producing all these points and clutch wins. So it's yep. probably it's great to see for Haw- for the Hawks. Like, they sit in fifth right now, but they're tied for actually with, second in the division. Yeah, with, with Columbus points. and I think Carolina. Yes, Columbus, Carolina, Florida and them are all tied, but like yeah. it's the uh, the row that's kicking them down to fifth because they have seven regulation wins, mm-hmm. or sorry, seven wins on the year. But I don't know how many regulation and all thing. But you said like five or something, so that's why they're in fifth. But like even fifth, I did not think they'd ever be in that position. Even when they started the year, they looked pathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, against they... the Tampa and mm-hmm. I believe it was Florida. Like wow. <laughs> they, got, they got smacked, and we're like, this team's going to be worse than Detroit next year. And then, never mind. They're actually yeah. in the hunt right now. <laughs> Makes no sense. but I know. I don't know if that's just the players on the team, the coaching. You have to give props to the coach, too, for this run as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how sustainable it is because they do give up a lot of shots a game still, and their defense is still like not good on like at preventing chances. So... It remains to be seen, but right now they're pretty fun to watch. Yeah, and um, I guess that could lead us into uh, teams who are not fun to watch. And we'll go to no. yours first. It's the Golden Plunger, so flush the toilet because this these two teams need a big flush. And like the Chicago Blackhawks play in the same division as your team, so I'll let you go first with yours because, wow. 
Yeah, wow is really an understatement because these two teams that we picked were both in the cup finals within the last five years. So that's just even more of a head scratcher. And so my pick is the Nashville Predators. And this team has taken a huge nosedive since I would since not I wouldn't say the cup final the year after where they lost in the second round. So since 2018, they really took a nosedive. Because in the 2019 final, uh, playoffs, they lost in the first round, I believe, by from St. Louis. Then last year in the bubble, they got eliminated in the play-in round versus Arizona out of all teams. <laughs> and then this year, it's even worse. Like They've just gone worse and worse and worse. And they have all of these big guys to have long-term big contracts. you got Matthew Shane, Ryan Johansson, Roman Yossi, who obviously it's not really his fault because he's the captain. He's still performing he's as good yeah he, yeah he's still performing like this is not on yossi but i'm just saying long-term contracts so you got those guys and like their forwards are so bad like they lost to detroit i think saturday night like four two they had like i think less than 15 shots on goal the whole game first detroit <laughs> who's behind them in the stand way behind them like they had three wins nashville i think has six so yep. This team's terrible, top to bottom. They can't score other than Forsberg, who's by far their best player this year. They can't stop a puck, even though they have Ellis and Yossi and Ekholm still on the decor. They have yeah. Dante Fabro. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And then their goaltending, like, Rene, we understand. He's older. Like, he's, he was supposed to be more of the backup this year to Soros, but Soros has been terrible. So, good thing that Nashville got a goalie this past draft, Askarov. I think that's how you say it, Askorov. Mm-hmm. But, no, that's, right. that's right. Yeah, so, man, Soros is not the answer at all. <laughs> he, is just, he sucks, honestly. Rene is just old at this point, so I can't really blame him too much. I think he's like 39. But Soros has been very disappointing. They Now they know that he's not going to be the future number one at all. And then just like Duchesne and Johansson are awful for what they're being paid like those are two guys that were supposed to get you like on a regular season like 65 to 70 points like they'll yep. be lucky if they both hit like 40 like they're lucky. paid they, they're paid like it yeah they're paid like like a 70 plus points and like 20 plus goals for duchene you know but it, it's terrible like they suck they can't score they don't generate anything and like even their i hate using analytics but their analytics are awful as well but Nashville is just a tire fire right now, and there's going to be some big changes coming very, very soon. I feel. Yeah, there better be because like this is unacceptable for a team who, I assume, has high expectations because they have all these guys locked up long term. Like Duchesne makes like what eight million for the next seven years or something like that. <laughs> Same. Yeah, Johansson's at like eight for the next like four or five. Okay, I don't know what that guy like. Once he came to Nashville, he was good the first year, and then he just fell off. Like. He doesn't score. Like he'll have like five assists in ten games and no goals, and everyone's like, "Yes, Ryan." Like he's injured right now. He has four points in ten games, but like even that, man, like it's not good enough. Like I'm just going through the lineup. Like we all thought this Eli Tolvanen guy was gonna be the next finished flash, and then he has like one goal in six games. He scratched, sent down to the taxi squad, and I look, you look at Saros's record. It's three and four. Okay, that's. Not t- terrible, but then you look at goals against average three six six save percentage eight eight zero. So like, when when you have a th- like you said when you have a thirty nine year old backup goalie, he's a backup goalie now, playing better than you. That's not good. Yeah. So Forsberg has fourteen points in fifteen games. Like you said, he's been their best player so far this year, 
And you could argue Yossi as well because he's been pretty dominant on the back end. But yeah, I don't know what to think about this team because I guess we get to my team that I put down for the Golden Plunger. They're kind of in the same situation. Long-term contracts locked up to big players and it's the San Jose Sharks. Like, I watch their games and I just go to myself like, how do you rebuild this team with all the contracts they have? You can't. You have to you have to weigh this one out. There's mm-hmm. no way you can buy out someone like Mark Edward Vlasic and win that. There's no there's no way. Because I th- no. I believe his contract goes till he's forty and I think he's thirty four right now. So yeah, that's a big like that. it, that's a big issue. Like when you have Mark Edward Vlasic making seven million dollars. Like he's he's not a seven million dollar defenseman, so like I watched the, their games this week because like I had Martin Jones versus you, and don't even get me started on that guy because he can't stop a beach ball if he wanted to save one. Because <laughs> they lost twice to the Kings, they should have lost three times because Evander Kane got one with 40 seconds left in the first game. But just the way they play, they just don't look interested at all. Like Evander Kane likes the penalty box more than the ice. I feel like it's just he has 28 penalty minutes minutes this year. 28. The season just started. <laughs> And they've been getting, off, too. Like, I mean, he has nine points of 13 games, sure. But, like, 28 is not helping your team. And, like, Brent Burns, we all know he was kind of taking a step back. But, like, he's been pl- pretty good. And then the guy, 65, Eric Carlson, the, he's top 10 paid in the league, I believe. And Top 10? He's, like, top three. Is he? Like, he makes 11.1. 11 11. mil. That's, that's got to be top five. And he has four assists in 13 games this year. Like, I watch him closely because I have him in fantasy. And you have him in fantasy as well in your other pool as well. But, like, I watch him closely. He's not the same. He just doesn't look the same. Like, those injuries. Those the, the injuries. It's I, I, I see it. Like, he can't skate anymore. And he's 30. <laughs> and he has big money for the next few years. Like, they just signed. They just signed They just him. signed. Recently, they just signed Carlson, LeBanc, Meyer. Vander Kane, I believe they have to sign Hurdle soon, and they signed Couture and named him captain a few years ago. Like, traded for Dubnik. Like, Dubnik is clearly better in the Martin Jones, but that's not saying much. Like, Dubnik's 0 3. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been better. Just think about that. Like, Martin Jones has a winning record, and he's been worse than the goalie who has a losing record. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. I, I don't know. Like, you can't rebuild this team because you, you can't get rid of those contracts. Whatever you do in a trade to move one of these big contract guys you're losing it and that doesn't help when you're in trying to rebuild your team but these two teams Nashville and San Jose like I had way more expectations for like obviously not winning the division like that's just crazy to say but like better than last place in both the divisions basically mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know I'm kind of frustrated with San Jose like they have so many good players I like to watch and they're just ass yeah they're they're ass like that's just the perfect term for them like, they have <laughs> Like, you would think, like, even though they've lost some depth here and there, like, they just don't win. Like, nope. they'll score a few goals here and there, or they'll, or they'll get blown out. Like, that's just how they play. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, they got outplayed by the Kings. Big time. <laughs> the Kings are ahead of them. Like, the Kings have two players, Doughty and Kopitar. Yep. And apparently Dustin Brown wants to show up this year. Like, yep. oh 55-year-old Dustin Brown. Like... Uh, Oh, I, like it's it's ridiculous. Like I don't know what. There's a lot of teams like that in the league now. I feel with overpaid guys who don't really perform. So mm-hmm, big time. I don't know. I don't know if that's money getting to the people's heads or I don't know. But 
like yeah, I, it's frustrating. I think it's more like they just can't keep up anymore because the game is like just changed so much mm, in the past like be. five years that these guys just can't keep up. It's like all, and then just their bodies just fail. Like I think it's like a combination of all of it. Like I think they they obviously hate that they're bad now. Like they're mm-hmm. not producing. So I don't know if it's all money or if it's just like the speed of the game and like the players are just way better than them now. Like younger players are just other players are working harder in the off season or chewing different things, working on different things. So I have no idea. I'm not, we're not pro athletes, but <laughs> no. not even close, but I don't know. It's a combination of a lot of things. I think. Yeah. I just want to quickly mention that Evander Kane's top five in the league in penalty minutes. So top five, top five, top five. And uh, number six is actually pretty surprising. Barzell. Wow, really? 24. Well, that's, I thought he was like a sulky guy. I know, he is. Wow, okay. Lots of hacks and slashes, I guess, for that guy, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. He has to, he's the best part of team. He's got to do everything. So I guess so. Leo Komarov can't get all the penalties. Guy was waived as well. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah. big contracts from Lou there. I, I believe Lou Lemarello got his one... 1,300th win as a GM. Was it 1,300? Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think he joins Scotty Bowman. I don't even know who it is. Bowman, maybe David Poyle, who's another guy who honestly should retire. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, yes, or be fired. Yeah, or be fired, yeah. So these guys, that's a good accomplishment for Lou. I mean, the guy still has three cup rings, so you can't take that away from him with the Devils. So good for Lou there, Mafia Lou. <laughs> Um, we don't have a watch to say this week. There wasn't really much said. I guess we could have said the uh, line A situation with the thing, but that wasn't that funny and interesting. But Yeah, and plus we've had like Torts's, like we might as well be yeah. Torts's personal podcast because we've had <laughs> yeah. so many of his stupid quotes here recently. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give that guy more attention, but yeah. we can move to the Battle of the Buds. So this week I went 2-0 and because of a missing game, and you also... You went one and one, but we had both two games played this uh, this week because Penguins and Devils got postponed and Flyers and Capitals got postponed. So uh, my win was the Golden Knights beat the Kings and then the Flames beat the Canucks on Thursday, I believe. Yep. And then I had the Blackhawks at Stars. I had the Stars winning, but the Blackhawks won an OT. And then I had Leafs and Canadians on Wednesday. This past Wednesday, like I said, it would be a win-win. <laughs> So it was a win-win because the Leafs yeah. won, but I am way behind you now. So Thomas is nine and two on the season. I'm six and five, so I'm three games behind him. So he, he literally needs to go zero and three. I need to go three and zero just to catch him, which is not going to happen because some Hopefully of the not. games, some of the games are slam dunks, but it's the NHL. Sometimes you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and like I hate like you pick the Leafs over the Canadians, right? And then the like it, they play so many games in a row that like the next game they can easily win, and that's that's what happened on Saturday night. Like mm-hmm. if you pick that game, you're you're still winning. Actually, no, you lost that one. If you would have yeah, lost, that, lost one. But, like, that one, yeah, it's weird because the, then the Canucks beat the Flames on Saturday. So if, if I picked that game, I would have lost. So yeah, just because teams make adjustments sometimes. Like for example, the Saturday Montreal versus Toronto one was the perfect example of a team that needed to win versus a team that was feeling itself, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. the Leafs were rolling at that point. Mm-hmm. I think they won four straight, you know, with pretty much with ease. And then Montreal was, like, asleep in the first two periods and then woke up in the third because they needed to win. It was still only one nothing, So they grinded out that win. So that's just, like, how it is sometimes with these teams. Like, 
for the Flames for and Canucks, for example, like the Flames, the Canucks were like really reeling. They needed some time off. They lost, and then they completely outplayed Calgary on Saturday and got the win that they deserved. So, yeah, just time, forty time, time, shots time. or something. Yeah, I think it was more. It was like forty-five <laughs> to like twenty. That's like. Yeah, so like it's a team like sometimes like these teams if another loss piles up they play like desperate the next game so that's yeah. why it's hard to pick constantly but that's just how it is this year. Yeah, so going into this week I I'm picking the Leafs tonight versus the Sens so hopefully they get a dub there it's the Senators. Uh, then I'm picking the Rangers over the Devils on February 16th and then I'm going with the Blues over the Sharks which we talked about for a very long time because they're bad. I'm going to pick the Blues in that one on February 18th, so hopefully dubs. Yeah, and then I got the Panthers at the Lightning today as well, because today's Monday, today's Family Day in Ontario, and then President's Day in the States. So there's actually an early game on today mm-hmm. at 4 o'clock, which is something I didn't even realize until like half an hour ago. And then we, So there's actually a lot of games on today, so we got I picking the Lightning at home. And then Blackhawks at Red Wings. So I think the Blackhawks are just playing really well right now. So I have them winning on February 17th. And then the Devils will finally play again this week. They play tomorrow, like Thomas said, versus the Rangers. And they visit Boston on February 18th. And I have Boston winning that one. All right. That's, um, do you have a hot take of the week this week? Or spicy meatball they're throwing throw out there? Because hmm. you talked about two teams, I guess, that could... Maybe hint at something, but I don't know. Like, yeah, let's let's focus on these two teams. So, San Jose Sharks, Nashville. So, I guess my spicy meatball that we could do for this week is that either one of these teams, so just one of them, either the GM will be fired, which both have been there for at least fifteen years, Doug Wilson and David Poyle. So, one of those GMs will be fired, or one of their bigger players will either be I don't even know traded. <laughs> Like maybe not not wait. I wouldn't say waived because that's brutal. <laughs> That'd be actually no. Let's do it. It's a spicy meatball. So either by during sometime this season, either the GM of either team will be fired or resign or whatever because both have been there forever. Or one mm-hmm. of their big contract players either gets traded or put on waivers. Like no one will most likely claim him. It's more just of a like wow moment, like a spicy <laughs> moment. Um. That is spicy. I'm going to say yes because maybe so either the both or, of them. Yeah, either or has to happen. Either one of the GMs gets fired or resigns, or one of a big player on each team goes on waivers or gets traded. Yeah, I'll say the um, I'll say yes to the GMs. Like maybe both of them for, with fire would be fired, but I think one of them, Poyle, should be definitely fired. Like he's upgraded the team. Like I know maybe. No, that is his fault. Like you shouldn't be upgrading a team that's not even good already. So the coach, yeah, and plus John Hines, the coach he hired. I've said this since they hired him. He is a terrible coach, and he's still there. Yeah, like he got thrown into the mix badly, but at the same time, like even last year when we talked about them, like they're just they're a they're a subpar five hundred team, and they have so many good talented players that he's able to coach, and obviously can't get the most out of them. So. Yeah, I'll say I'll say yes, but being on waivers, dude. I like obviously you can say I can't see one of these players being put on waivers, but if I were to, I'd be like, wow. Like they'd get claimed by someone at least. You think? Like say like for example, to send a message to Carlson, they'll put him on waivers. Like do you think someone <laughs> will take that contract? 
Okay, no. I don't that's why that's what I mean. Like it's more like it's like disrespectful. Like they put like yeah. Evander Kane's making all these stupid penalty minutes. They put him on waivers. Who's gonna take seven mil for the next like five, six years? You know what I mean? Like it's more of like a disrespect to the player and be like, wake up basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Oh my it's god. Spicy. Imagine Eric Carlson. <laughs> spicy. Yeah, that is that is spicy because like I can't see that happening. But like, like uh, we should have talked about this when we were talking about them. Like, do you think they have the capability of turning it around? Like we always say this. I think I said it last year. Like, where's the question? Where is it? Where is it? Last year we said San Jose Shark season's over. I said no, and it was. Yeah, it was, it was. clearly over. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't, I don't know. know. Do they? Do these teams have the capability to do it? Okay, so I'll do each team. So for San Jose, I think yes, just because their division is weaker than they... The West is probably the weakest division. Like, they're one of the weakest teams in a weak division. But they have the capability of, like, turning it around. Like, to at least make the fourth spot. Like, what, like Minnesota hasn't played in, like, two weeks. So if they could beat out Minnesota for the fourth spot, which I... Like, Minnesota is not, like, a world beater either. They don't even have a center. That's good, so... I, I got they could but Nashville no way in hell they're making the playoffs I think I think it's gonna be Tampa Carolina I guess Florida because they've been playing really well and then like either Columbus or Chicago for that fourth spot I guess like, mm-hmm. I don't see Nashville getting out of this like they can't score they don't generate anything and they can't stop pucks yeah and they can't stop going pucks the with, a, the net. with a good decor so I have less faith in Nashville just because they literally can't score or stop anyone. Like, San Jose can still score, but they're also in a weaker division than the Central, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree. Let's go back to the standings. Hold on a second. I want to see the... Because, um, like, I, I think... So, <laughs> I say it, but, like, they didn't. Like, I, I think they could beat Los Angeles, but they didn't. Yeah, I that's what I mean. I can see them beating Arizona Anaheim, but they didn't, so... It's easier to probably get out of that division, like you said, because not really the teams are not really built as much as like a team like Chicago, Carolina, or sorry, Columbus, Carolina, Florida, Dallas. Like even Dallas, they're in yeah, six Dallas right now. too. Yeah, I forgot about Dallas. But like they started, I think what three and zero and four and zero to the start of the season. But yeah, they have been four games in hand, and mm-hmm. yes, they have been inconsistent. Like they have been so. But they're much better than a team like Arizona, who's in fifth. Like, yeah. come on. So, we'll see, man. Like, <laughs> like it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it's bad. To it's think bad. where those two teams were a few years ago. Like, I don't want to say dynasties, but like adding Carlson. Like, that just like, they made the conference finals versus the Blues two years ago. Yeah, with they Carlson. Were, then they were one game away from winning the uh, series. Like, mm-hmm. they would have won that game six and went to win game seven. You don't know what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, two, two, um, two of the most similar teams in the National Hockey League. Overpaid players, underperforming, and have some issues in the management and coaching staff. So, I don't yeah. know. We'll see what happens with those two. But I'll say uh, yes for one of them being fired because they should be. So, okay, that's, um, that's it for me. I mean... Today, the um, top three fantasy players of the week will be out soon. i got to write that, keep writing that. And um, that's pretty much it. I mean, how about from you? So I got my power rankings coming out every Friday. Yep. I said I was going to do a great grinder, but I didn't have time. So I'll, I'll try to do one this week. 
I really want to do one. I just I haven't had time really. Other because the power rankings take so long to do every week, but I'll try to have one out this week at least to start it. Yeah, I I, I like I like um going on the article and just seeing like a bunch of teams so like they were in like third or fourth or fifth in the, like the article the previous week and they just go down like fifteen. Yep, like Nashville. <laughs> Nashville deserves to be in the bottom. Yeah, you should put those two teams at the bottom slot. Doesn't matter who's worse than them, who's whose records worse than them. Honestly, they'll be near the bottom very soon. Like I think Nashville is very close for my last one that I did. I have Ottawa and Detroit at the bottom just because like Ottawa has like three wins. Well, now they do. When I did the article, they had two, so that's why they're in last. But at this rate if like nashville gets like either blown out or loses more like they could just be 31st i don't really care <laughs> yeah well ottawa won versus the jets on saturday so. yeah they did so they might move up a spot same with detroit they beat nashville so now nashville's in last as of right now. <laughs> so now you got your last place team in your article all right we're all good there yeah all right that's it for me that's it from you end to end we'll be back on saturday join us Woo!